Welcome back to Real Talk with Realtors about real things, real estate mostly, and real stuff, and whatever else we can think of. So today, we're going to get Brandy's blind reaction to different, I hate to use the word statistic, but that's what these are, are different random statistics about the market that National Association of Realtors put out on their website that I found interesting. So I want to see what your reaction is to some of these, and like maybe we'll spark a discussion. Can I start the first discussion really quick yeah we've been wearing the same outfit for every tuesday for the last three weeks (laughs) i thought just kidding i thought you meant like you and i I was like oh we are kind of matching we are matching anyway it's just a little joke in that guess what (laughs) we batch recorded these yeah so don't (laughs) judge maybe you should cut that out i don't know i just thought it was funny okay give me give me the first reaction or first Okay. Whatever. First statistic for your reaction. 41% of home buyers who recently bought a new home did so to avoid the cost of renovations and older home issues with plumbing or electrical. So they bought a new home. Like 41% a bought a new home. Wow. That is a lot considering that there's not a lot of new builds out there. Right. This so, is nationwide, but yes. But still, I still. mean, nationwide, there are not a lot of, I mean, they're, they're having a hard time keeping up, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get it. You know, you buy a house with older plumbing, older electrical, older everything. It's all in the walls. Mm-hmm. You can't, I mean, you can change the kitchen and the way it looks, but you can't change the bones unless mm-hmm. you rip the house apart. I wonder if they do mean new build or if they mean like a certain date and sooner. Because it doesn't specify on here. I assumed it meant new build, but just as a new home. So I bought last year and I bought a 2018 home, which I consider new. <laughs> like True. last year is three or four years old. And I bought a new home because I previously bought a 1969 home. And so I know what comes with that. And I didn't want to deal with plumbing and electrical right. issues and right. a new roof and a new HVAC. Like all those things were, I didn't, I could just, like you said, renovate the looks of mm-hmm, it and mm-hmm. not the bones of it right but on the other hand you don't get some of the charming you yes. know like the tree-lined streets yeah. and the mature trees if yeah. you're buying a new subdivision oh you are also have no trees they're just little sticks and you have to buy all your window coverings which could be like 10 grand mm-hmm. and typically you have to put in backyard landscaping so mm-hmm. there definitely are some Pros and cons to new builds, I would say. Yeah, 100%. Okay, next one. 31% of home buyers who bought previously owned homes, so not new, did so because of the lower price compared to new homes. So they would have bought a new build, but instead they needed something a little cheaper. I, I feel like in our area that the new builds are somewhat competitive with around the same pricing. The two-story as, ones are for sure. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are even... Like that Dr. Horton stuff That's up there is pretty. 500K for 1,700 square feet. Yeah. Like that's pretty good. But you are, again, you got to do the landscaping. You got to do the window coverings. Yep. All and, the things. Um, they have a lot of new builds have teeny, teeny, tiny yards. Right. Tiny yards. Very small yards. Where you buy an older home, it was back in the day when we didn't need as much space. I mean, we didn't. We weren't trying to conserve yeah. space, so you could build bigger. Now, the city, I think, even wants you to condense and have smaller lots because we're running out of dirt. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually surprised that the statistic isn't about that because I think a lot of people buy older homes because of the bigger yards yeah. rather than all the new builds have tiny yards. Like, Unless you're buying a fancy million-dollar home right, on right. an acre, you're not getting it like much those, of a yard. At least in Chico, the ones yeah. like on Huckleberry. Yeah, in Chico. Around, like, acre lots or something or half acres 
Um, so next one is uh, the nearly half, so 49% of buyers cited the quality of the neighborhood as the number one factor in choosing a location. Does that surprise you? No. What's your blind reaction? My blind reaction is duh. Duh, <laughs> right. It's the only thing you can't change. Right, yeah. I mean, quality of the neighborhood. Yeah, you want to live in a nice neighborhood if possible. If you have versus a crappy neighborhood, of yep. course you're going to go for the nicer neighborhood. Now, is the quality nicer neighborhood close to amenities like schools and shopping and all of those things? I guess you just take that into consideration. But no, that's that's definitely not breaking shocking news. Yeah. Can qualities of neighborhoods change over time? Oh, great question. Can so, qualities of neighborhoods change over time? hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. I mean, especially when it's, that's, that's the thing about buying new construction. You don't know what that neighborhood's going to end up to be yes, in the so future. True. And when you have an established neighborhood, that's such a great question, Courtney. When you have an established neighborhood, you know what you're buying, you know mm-hmm. the quality of the neighborhood. It's been there for 30, 40, 50 years. Without changing, potentially. Yeah, you know. yeah. But can some of those neighborhoods go down? Yeah, they can. I mean, gosh, if we look at some of the things that have happened in our city of Chico. Mm-hmm. That's true. Neighborhoods that we never thought were going to be an issue now have some, I'm not going to go into that because it's a little political, <laughs> but there's just, I'm sure the people that live in those neighborhoods never thought they were going to have a problem with their foot traffic, let's just say. So the next, or not the next reason, but it says another reason um, that buyers chose the home that they chose, 37% of buyers cited convenience to friends and family or overall affordability for the reason that they chose their home. Yep. Or a location in general. Yeah. I I mean, it's what's convenient for you. Yeah. So you maybe know? they wanted to be. I have actually a couple clients that really want their parents kind of in the same neighborhood as them. So they're trying to convince their parents yeah, to buy in their neighborhood. Kids neighborhood. And they want to pawn their kids Hell off yeah. on them. <laughs> Mom, if you're listening. Still, that's, be careful. I don't know. I know. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. for you sure. know, in our area, it's, it's Chico so small. I mean, yeah. It's even, 10 minutes Even if you live it. across town, yeah. it's not that far. No. Okay. This is interesting and not surprising to me. Buyers typically paid 100% of the asking price for a home. 28% purchased a home for more than the asking price. I actually think it would be higher. Me too. That's what I was going to say. It was only 28% paid over the asking price. And nationwide. What, nationwide. Is this? Is there a time frame on all of this? I, mean, I think in the last year. Interesting. Well, you know, 2022 was a different year. If you did that in 2021 in the first quarter of 20 you know, 2022. Yeah. I think it would have been higher, but yeah, 28% over asking to me. I mean, we still have people doing over asking right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of them are right now coming into the spring market. So yes, that's shocking because it seems low. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. The typical home purchase had 1800 square feet with three bedrooms, two bathrooms, and was built in 1986. That's the average. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. 1986. At least you have updated plumbing and electrical in 1986 for the most part. And 1800, I mean, that's like the size of home I grew up in. So that's kind of that middleman. So like 1986, though, was 40 years ago. So before yeah. 1986 was 1940s. So there were a lot more homes built in the 19... 19- I mean, 
we probably started building homes, a lot of homes in mass production, I would say. Well, I don't really know. It just seems to me <laughs> that we were probably building more as the population of the United States went higher and higher. Mm-hmm. So that average just seems, 1986 seems like the middle of... Uh, right, 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 right. Of like when we started building mass Building and buying homes. homes. And, yeah, when yeah, people... I mean, today. really like in the 1950s yeah. is when I kind of think of people buying right. homes. But I'm sh- I know they bought them before that, but... There like just weren't as many... And like a lot, like families all live together in one home. Right. Now it's like oh, each family point. has yeah. their own. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that makes sense. That number makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. And 1800 square feet, like you can buy that as a first home and, or a second home, probably more than likely here in Chico and stay there with your family for a long time. Yeah, if 1800 you needed to. Feet's pretty good size. It's a good size. It's definitely not a, usually a first time home buyer size. No. Mm-mm. But if you have, you know, two kids, you fit there comfortably. We could have used a little more space personally growing up, but <laughs> how big was your house? It was about that size, but it was two okay. stories and we did have two living rooms and we tried at one point to make the second living room work for like, like us to be separated from my parents or have our own little like space, but we just ended up hanging out in our rooms. So doesn't my matter. sister-in-law lived on Kern street here in Chico. She had 11 brothers and sisters. Oh my gosh. And it was a, th- I think it was a three bedroom, one, one bath. bath on Kern. Yeah. And she, I said, oh, my God, how did you do that? She goes, well, actually, it wasn't that bad because I was the youngest. And so by the time I, there were only eight of us living there when I <laughs> was, you know, and I'm like, uh, oh, oh my OK. Gosh. Well, now I sound like a spoiled brat. <laughs> well, we all do. Yeah. I mean, that's cr- that's amazing, though, is, that, yeah. you know, that they that and they, you know, it was a single mom and. Mm-hmm. Oh, single mom. Mm-hmm. I can't even handle one puppy, let alone 11 her husband, children. Her husband had passed away as, oh. you know, wasn't that. How the heck do you? Oh, anyways, yeah. that's another podcast. We know. should get her on this podcast. Gosh. She would love that. She's great. <laughs> okay. Last but not least. Well, maybe I might do one more. I don't know. Here's another one. The typical home buyer expected to keep and live in their homes for a median of 15 years. 28% said they had zero intention of ever moving. That's from a survey. That's a long time. 15 years. I feel like most people don't stay in their homes that long. I mean, these days they are staying a little bit longer. Longer, I think the average is 10 or 12. Yeah. Before it used to be like five to seven. Yeah. But, and it depends, right? Like starter home, you're not staying there for 15 years more than likely. No. 1,800 square feet. So what's the, what'd you read there? I didn't, I didn't So understand. the typical home buyer expected, so this is from the survey, they said they expected to keep and live in their homes for a median of 15 years. So yeah. keep it and live there for 15 years Not or happening. more. Not happening. Right? I'm like, where did that come from? No. Uh, but, but a lot of buyers say that, oh, we're going to be here a long time. We're going to be here a long time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I'll call you in two five years. years later, ring, yeah. ring. Yep. <laughs> we're ready to move and then 28% said they will never move how often have we heard that oh we're never we love this house we're so happy here we're never moving and that does happen but it's pretty rare it's so rare okay and then I wanted to talk about okay this one is interesting for sale by owner homes sold for an average of $225,000 compared to the average of $330,000 for agent assisted home sales really hundred and five thousand dollars less okay so they saved in the commission they saved how much on commission like 15 three percent of i mean five percent of three hundred thousand on average yeah i mean so it's like 10 grand right (laughs) and you lost 105 
it's not worth but it. you know what I think some of that might be too is that they sold it to a family member they sold it to yes. a friend yeah that could be for so sure maybe they I mean that kind of happens here in Chico when it's that hot property like a golden triangle property or mm-hmm. something like that it just never you never see them hit the market but they've changed hands and yeah. it's like somebody that knew somebody that wanted to you know and they made the deal happen yeah so maybe they didn't care that they lost a hundred grand yeah I would care about a hundred grand I would too I mean unless I was selling it to my kid which I don't even yeah. have any so yeah I don't have to deal with that but no <laughs> I don't think there's a certain demographic that does for sale by owner I think some for sale by owner folks do it because they don't see the value in an agent or they think agents make too much money or they've bought and sold 10 properties in their life and they think they know how to do it just fine right and and maybe they do but they could they are what was that stat again they're leaving money on the table 105k jeez yeah I mean because there's so many reasons first of all not only putting it on the MLS but and you can pay for an MLS entry only but your description's not going to be good your photos are probably not going to be good unless you happen to hire a professional photographer and then it's difficult for the agent because you don't have a normal lockbox, sentry lockbox on there, or whatever you use in your area, the agent has to deal with somebody who doesn't who doesn't have their hands in real estate every single day. So there's a lot of nuances that the, the seller's not aware of. Yeah, and th- so that agent's going to have to do the job um, yeah. for both the seller and the buyer, but only get paid for one side, which yep. is fine. I think as long as they're getting their buyer the right house, but you're going to deter some agents from even wanting to show your house. If you're yeah. willing to pay a one-sided fee or if the buyer's paying the fee. Um, I mean, we have an example of that right now in a subdivision where somebody has paid an MLS entry only. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what I'm can and can't say here, but there's three houses in this neighborhood. One's been on for, I don't know, 90 days, 120 days. Yeah. Other two just went on the last week and are already sold, sold with multiple offers and over asking. Yet this other one sits sits and it's an MLS. It's not a licensed being represented by a licensed realtor. Realtor. It's just an MLS entry only. So, I mean, it, even if it was that stat was 50,000, right? Because let's just say half of them were, I'm just going to sell this to my kid for a dollar and mm-hmm. it skews the numbers or whatever the yeah. case may be. I mean, even if it was 50,000, that's a big difference. That's on top of after you've already paid the commissions, you're still going to make 50,000 more, right? Yeah. Or, or 30,000 more, whatever it is. That's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, it is a lot of money. And I would rather pay $50,000 to an, a realtor to sell my house than leave $50,000 on the table. Right. You know, like I would rather just like the money's going away one way or the other. Right. So you might as well get some help with this difficult process. Right. It is a very difficult That's like a whole podcast in and of itself. Yep. Anyways, that's the fun statistics I had for you. Thanks for playing. Thanks. That was fun. Cool. Game show. Game show time. Okay. See you guys on the next one. Thanks for tuning in as always. And make sure you comment your thoughts below on any of those statistics that you thought were interesting. And, um, also, I wanted to throw in there, check out if you're listening to this on podcast, it's also on our YouTube. So yes. you can watch us if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Courtney, our videographer podcast connoisseur says that if you're on Spotify, you can view it as well. So make sure you check it out. Check it our, out our Instagram, Laughing's Team Chico, and see you on the next one. See ya.